Welcome to the Moving Forward Podcast. Uh, this is your uh, uh, host, uh, Angry Honey Badger. And uh, we have my dear friend, Rio Verdenier, uh, as co-host, in the co-host hot seat of co-hosts. This is... Yeah, I fucking said it. What? Hey, hey guys. <laughs> <laughs> so we have one of our favorite people on the show with us today. Um, the fact that... And, and if you haven't listened yet, we had AJ and Cody on uh, last. They actually... Are, are, are actively increasing my faith in humanity. Um, if you've been paying attention to me at all for the last seven days, you realize that there's basically been very little of that uh, at all. Chet is another example of this. Quite frankly, why I agreed to come record today when I didn't want to record ever and I wanted to quit politics forever because everyone sucks. Um, Chet does not suck in any way, shape, or form. Uh, and Gee, in thanks. fact, <laughs> is a cell, <laughs> right? <laughs> but like the opposite of that. Uh, no you're you're awesome and, just, and- just so you know girls <laughs> what i mean that, that seems bro- the whole thing this is, this this is broken is gonna, down yeah this is gonna take a turn quickly i think he would uh, i think he would suck if you asked nicely right oh, and jesus I, christ and, and, and i'm just saying girls now that we're taking this direction and quite oh, frankly man. i think he would probably be as good at that as he is uh, about everything else so he's going to be extremely patient and extremely deliberate and extremely effective <laughs> what i there there you go i am blushing dude i'm just hitting am, the tennis ball you I, whacked I, on my face real like i had no choice but to take it there <laughs> that's just that's anyway so uh we're gonna title this uh podcast episode commies for biden uh because of a commie self-ascribed uh can figure out why everyone with a brain is voting for biden you should fucking figure it out for yourself as well only he's gonna have a much more again patient deliberative and effective version of what i just said hi chat no pressure save america god damn it (laughs) you put your faith in the wrong person (laughs) i don't think i have i don't think i have oh my god yeah, that's quite an introduction. I'm yeah, right. No, this now. is where we seriously. Like, we're just gonna wait, and you're just gonna explain it, and then. Uh, oh, yeah, I mean, uh, like, Chet. Get. I mean, obviously, I. Well, I don't know for sure, but I suspect at this point, most of the people who are still listening to our podcast are either planning a vote for Biden, or they have impressively high tolerance for having two guys yell at them and call them idiots all day, right? Which is honestly amazing. So if you are that person, I think you're really cool. Maybe we'll eventually get through to you because boy, you are a tough cook. I don't think being a masochist is cool, but wow. (laughs) I mean... But, I mean, seriously, that would that would show a level of open-mindedness that's quite impressive. Would Um, it though? Is that open-mindedness or just like, no, I like being spanked. Like that's really well, all. That's says. true. They could. They. They. The, I, if they were open-minded, they would have been convinced by reason, logic, and yelling. This. This. Uh, <laughs> this. This should be called uh, BDSM enthusiasts for Biden. <laughs> I think so. This is totally the direction. This is. Yeah. Like assuming assuming that most of our listeners are uh, already on board, um, how do we arm them with tools to persuade radical lefties? Um, to go ahead and do the pragmatic thing and save America from fascism by voting for the only realistic alternative to Donald Trump. Right. So um, obviously you two have seen me struggle with this uh, personally. It's, it's very difficult because there's a lot of memes in the far left that, that kind of exist to just excuse you from, from participating in anything like this. And there's been periods of, of my life where I've subscribed to these things myself, you know, of kind of the both sidesism of 
well, they're all garbage, you know, fuck them all, whatever. Um, and, you know, I just don't feel that way this time around. And it's because one of the options we have is a Nazi. <laughs> like, he, and it, and I don't know how that gets any more plain than the, the advertising campaign that just came out where Donald Trump's camp placed 88 ads in which uh, the first line was a sentence of 14 words and they used uh, you know, a Nazi symbol in the ad itself and, and said that that symbol means Antifa. Um, and this is all just like blowing my mind. And I know last time around there was some dog whistling. Um, I, I actually had to have my memory refreshed on that stuff. Like there was a, a Hillary ad that they put out that had uh, Star of David in the background. It was pretty disturbing stuff. Um, definitely the, the type of dog whistling that white supremacists pick up. And uh, this time, holy shit, that was just so blatant. Um, and I was already, uh, you know, on this train planning on voting against Trump. Uh, but wow, did that, did that really just reinforce like the necessity for it is that like, if, if we are going to resist fascism, there's a literal fascist in the White House. And yeah, no, I mean, I've been, the line I've been using is I've been saying, if you're not planning to vote, no, not planning. If you don't actually vote for Joe Biden, I don't care what state you're in, blue state, red state, purple state, I don't care. You are not anti-fascist, right? Like going out and causing mayhem on the streets doesn't make you anti-fascist. Voting out a fascist makes you anti-fascist. That's all there is to it. But Chet, you're an extremely one of the most well-read people I've ever spoken to. You know a lot about history and politics and philosophy. So w what can you say to persuade, you know, people who have a gut reaction to things that sound too crazy to be true, right? Which is kind of hard to believe that there are people who still think that way, considering that Trump has proven that there's nothing fucked up, so fucked up that he won't do it at this point, I think. But like, you know, unlike the conspiracy theories that, you know, the Star of David suggesting that Hillary Clinton is a pawn of the global, right. like, you know, Even Jewish cabal, et cetera, right? Apart from those, you know, those are, those are actual conspiracy theories. In Trump's case, it's just true, right? The stuff that sounds too crazy to be true is just true. So what can you say to persuade people that what you just said about him, even going beyond dog whistling and just flat out signaling, like a bat signal to Nazis. Yeah, very can you, can you explain how that's, you know, you're not exaggerating and that, that actually happened? I mean, the, the you, can, you can Google the articles up. I mean, there was an ad buy with Facebook. Um, he purchased 88 ads, which um, if you know anything about the, the world of white supremacy, 88 is a signal for Heil Hitler. Um, which is not the sort of thing you want your your president doing, and can you, know, you explain how that's the case? Um, eight is uh, H is the eighth letter of the alphabet, so eight eight next to each other uh, is a way of white supremacists signaling to each other. And and why why would um, neo Nazis have to use those kinds of covert signals to one another? Oh well, because it's, because it's frustrating before... because we have. It was embarrassing to be a Nazi. We yeah we before this we've we've kind of decided in this country since World War II that it's not 
cool to be a Nazi. And <laughs> we basically pushed them underground. It's, it's, or and, had. We did. Now they're good people. Oh, well, that's, that's the whole point of this signaling is to kind of like, right. you, can, you can come on out now, guys. We can be overt about this thing. And, right. and the thing is, those signals will get louder and louder until they are in your face and they're no longer like, you know. Uh, there are already people flying the American flag, the Confederate flag, and the swastika at Trump rallies. Like it's right. right now, right now. They wouldn't. Right. They they arrested some lady for wearing a shirt that had "I can't breathe" on it, and there's yeah, Confederate like, and Nazi however flags. However, you feel in about that, that's free speech, right? So his argument that it, he can't even claim like, well, it's free speech because he is violating the free speech of people who have tickets to his rally. She didn't crash it. She had a ticket. She had every legal right to be there. And he does that all the time. Every single rally, he kicks people out for saying Black Lives Matter or whatever, which again, regardless of how you feel about it, what it suggests is there's a reason he allows the fucking Confederate flag and the swastika. That's why, right? Oh, yeah. And like, like flying the Confederate flag and the American flag and the swastika next to each other is absolute nonsense. Americans kill Nazis. We aren't Nazis. The Confederate flag is a symbol of literal treason against the United States. I mean, this is seriously fucked up shit. And it is hard, like, for a normal person who wants to have the comforting belief that they're just living through normal time, right? It's hard to wrap your mind around that, but we all need to wake up to the fact that this isn't normal and that it, we, like, we, we shouldn't have to be dying by the numbers we are from a pandemic. We shouldn't have to be like living, we shouldn't have to d deal with our neighborhoods being burned down and, and people spreading diseases. Like this is happening because of poor leadership. Anybody Absolutely. who has been in a position of authority knows that the buck stops at the top. Okay. The worst kind of leader, like, you know, I, I help run a, run a nonprofit, right? So like, if I went to the board and said like, oh, well, that wasn't my fault. That was because of people, two underlings down from me. I would lose my job that second, right? Because it's an utterly stupid thing to say. The buck stops at the top. That's, that's what it means to be a leader. And Trump said, I don't take any responsibility at all. All right, go ahead, Chuck, take it away. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. And I mean, the, the thing is, is like, if you, if you do go back, to the, the 2016 cycle, um, Trump was doing the same thing. He was, he was dog whistling to white supremacists uh, pretty overtly. Um, I, I remember uh, he was asked in an interview about David Duke um, and he was just like, oh, who's David Duke? I don't know who David Duke, of course, David Duke of the KKK, who is a grand wizard. And uh, he, he like pretended he, he didn't need to condemn this person because he wasn't aware of them. Meanwhile, he had acknowledged, you know, who David Duke was previously. Um, and, and the thing is, is like, I don't know how many times he needs to tell us who he is, right? Because we, we need to believe him when he tells us that, that he's a Nazi sympathizer, he's a fascist. And if, if you are against that, we have to get him out. And yeah, no, Amer America First was actually a slogan used by Nazis, literal Nazi sympathizers in the United States absolutely. leading up to World War II. Because, like populists today, they, they were isolationists who thought America should stay out of it. Well, it turns out that a lot of the people who were saying we should stay out of it were motivated by a desire to see the Nazis prevail, right? That is a, a well-established historical fact. They used America First in order to, like, help Hitler win, Right? Exactly. You know, I mean, like, I, I understand some people don't like intervening, but if you won't even, if you won't even do it, you know, to stop the Nazis, that's, some, there's something wrong with you, right? Okay, and so, you now the symbol you mentioned, Chet, wasn't just the 88 thing. That was one of many things that he did. 
yeah no he also uh if you look at the the post um the first sentence of the post consisted of 14 words which is also a type of signal uh i forget the exact statement itself it's about like securing the the future of the country for your white kids um but so the 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 numbers 14 the numbers 88 these are all like very significant things in those circles right um, but what, what is the number the 14 words representing specifically i know you said you don't remember the exact words but what, yeah what it's a it's a slogan that i mean if you google 14 words it's probably like the first thing that pops up it's a slogan that's like we need to secure the future of the country for our dumbass kids like <laughs> something to that effect no it's literally oh, about Jesus the white Christ. race and all of that it yeah. is we must secure the existence of our people in a future for white children yeah oh fuck that's, me right in the face so yeah if if uh you see the number 14 floating around and that's and that's why that post had 14 words in the first sentence um it's why they bought 88 ads and oh, this is that, psychology today hello yeah yeah no, this that, is uh, legitimate stuff he's not again i know it sounds like you know if you don't if you don't know the facts around it it's hard to tell the difference between somebody who's just making up bullshit you know what i mean because like you could open the bible and say like oh well you know the number of letters in this yeah. and revelations oh yeah that. yeah usually numerology is doing. this is legit exactly. stuff right. that historians <laughs> yeah. and and people who study political science contemporary political trends like the alt-right this is well-established stuff legit. this is just true and then what was the symbol though uh, the the symbol was a uh, red triangle, and the the meaning behind that was that it was the symbol that the Nazis put on uh, socialists and communists and other like political dissidents uh, whenever they kept them in prison. So wait, they put socialists in prison? I thought they were socialists. <laughs> yeah, about that. Yeah, I mean, but let's let's come back to that in a little bit. <laughs> but like, yeah, they weren't definitely, just doing it definitely don't they destroy an argument I've been making yeah. for a long time. They were doing it to anybody who spoke up against the regime. Anybody they saw as an enemy of the regime got this, this, this triangle put on them. That yeah. included lots of different groups of people, included Jews. It included, well, not, they actually had a whole series of triangles of different yeah, colors for different kinds of people. If you were LGBT, <laughs> you got a pink triangle, et cetera. Like, like, this is seriously, like, he's signaling to the, literally the most evil movement ever in the history of the human race. Right. And whenever I look at that, that ad, uh, what that says to me is I am labeling you with this triangle, right? Because I'm, I'm one of those people that he's probably angry at, even though I haven't done anything to him. Uh, other than anybody who has criticized the Fuhrer is going to be in trouble if he ever gets the exactly. power. That's the thing. Like, that's I'm all the, of I'm, us. That's I'm you. That's me. That's everybody. I'm that's never C Trump Republicans. Right. That's Mitt Romney. That would be John McCain if he was still alive. I am the CEO of Antifa. He's definitely means it's me. <laughs> right. Like that's like. I'm the, super critical of Antifa, and it includes me because I'm also critical of Trump. Right. It includes like, anybody who like, doesn't just sign on the dotted line of everything the great leader says is true yeah, anti-fascists are a very big tent i mean it's a problematic <laughs> thing man no so like it, yeah i, I you would think so but if trump I, is re-elected then america the just is a fascist state that's like then it's time to move like then, yeah, then you think the every 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 privileged now. person and you know like it's funny like every election people say i'm gonna move i'm gonna move i'm gonna move right but like there are actually times when dictatorships take over where there used to be democracies. And when that happens, people do flee. And the people yeah. who don't flee regret it. Weimar Germany. You know? 
<laughs> that's that's exactly where all the Nazi shit started. I mean, it started out a democracy. Um, the Ma Max Boot is a lifelong Republican, an old lifelong Republican, wrote a book called um, The Corrosion of Conservatism recently. And he is, um, as a child, like five or four or five years old, his parents immigrated legally to the United States from the Soviet Union because they were Jews who were being persecuted under the Soviet Union. And we, back then, we used to welcome people who were being persecuted by dictatorships. Now Trump just wants to be a dictatorship. He wants us to be like the Soviet Union or Nazi Germany. So like, uh, I recommend people list, read Max, Max Boot's book because he's talking about the fact that he was a, you know, a pro-neoconservative Republican precisely because he saw how the United States had done so much good in the world to defeat fascism and communism and other things like that. And for him, so, so he make, the, the book is just all about how absolutely tragic he considers it, that his party has been taken over by Nazis. But this is a sober, serious person. This is a real, this is not, you know, some lunatic out there. This is a, a mainstream Republican who wrote for the freaking National Review. So I, I really want to speak to that because I'm, I'm glad you guys brought it up in the, in the context of people sort of just kind of thinking, well, that can't possibly it's no it can't be that fucked up uh because of course it is i have some you know really good friends and i, I bring up my buddy mirrors uh, i was a business owner uh in pasco county a, a lot in these contexts and that's exactly where he sits right he doesn't really pay too much attention to politics unless it's a a, a way to get his business a tax break um by uh owning local politicians not that he officially does that <laughs> just kidding he does uh not that he'd admit it in public, but it, it's that same thing. Like I'm going to dip into politics when, when I feel like it the rest of the time, you know, not really. Right. I'm too busy having a fun life. Cause he does it's, it's a lot of fun, but it, it, that's exactly what happens. Right. There's no way that this Nazi thing or any other of the 9,000 things that I brought up in the last four years could possibly be true. Interesting correlation when asked about why they think that the Kefefe tweet is actually, um, dog whistling from QAnon and it's all an organized completely and totally orchestrated hyper intelligent uh, 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 solving and fixing of America they basically say like it, it's exactly the same thing there is no way that our Fuhrer dear leader Trump sent by God is this fucking stupid therefore QAnon must be real like that's that's the, the exactly the, the the logical correlation, right? Uh, yeah, you're like m most conspiracy theories are not real, right? Because I mean that's why we call them a conspiracy theory, right? But if it turns out that it actually is real, then it's just a conspiracy, right? Right. And and of course the term conspiracy theory is using the colloquial form of theory, not like the scientific form of theory, which is a very well established thing, right? Um, yeah. No, Trump peddles in. I mean, he, he, he peddled in the, uh, you know, um, Obama wasn't a, an American. Oh, I mean, right? The birth or like, stuff. And, and, and because, because Obama was black, right? And like, I mean, it's seriously, there, there, no amount of evidence would persuade him because it wasn't about the evidence. It was about and signaling really, to people apparently that he's I'm on your side. Right. Well, and, and it's this only the gotten thing. louder. The, the signals, if he gets reelected, the signals will be louder still. A million percent. And I don't know too. how they could be any louder. Again, literal swastikas being held 
at Trump rallies. Like, I yeah. mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying every other flag is a swastika, but again, if there's one if and that guy doesn't get beat Black up, Black Lives Matter sign, but not for a swastika, that says something. Right, exactly. That's not a dog whistle. It's just a fucking whistle, right? Like, <laughs> like that's, yeah, it, it, it's completely mental. And you're absolutely right, Rio. It will get fundamentally worse, right? When it's Don Jr., right? They're, they're, it's not like they're, they're you know, it's even going to be a dog whistle. They're just going to take over the voice of voice of America, fire everybody there and just start running Nazi propaganda. Oh, wait, that's exactly what they did yesterday. You know what? I'm going to, I'm going to, as the right winger on this podcast, I'm going to say something a little uncomfortable here. I don't fucking care if the reason supporting Nazis is because they're poor and dejected and oh my God, it's such, it hurts my feelings to see black ladies on TV who make more money than me. I'm going to be a Nazi. Fuck them. I don't care what their reason is. They are garbage people. Okay. I don't care. You don't get a pass for being a jackass just because you're poor. Get over it. <laughs> I mean, show over. I mean, what, that's, what, do we have anything else to say? After I, that? I will, Chad, go ahead. I will agree that um, poverty is not ex- not an excuse for Nazism. <laughs> again, like again. consensus achieved. Right? Consensus. <laughs> oh man! I, but also, uh, uh, just because. Uh, because I've uh, been reading a little bit of, of uh, George Lakoff, who's a very important voice in political framing, uh, someone that I would encourage anyone listening, who, if you care about politics, you should check into him. Uh, but because uh, w- w- this conversation, we're letting Trump have the whole frame, right? That's a good point. We're, we're talking about Trump constantly. And we, we need to spend at least some time talking about Biden. Um, Biden was not obviously not my first choice. Uh, I was, was excited to be a part of the Yang campaign, to be a volunteer. Um, he was not my second choice or my third choice. He was pretty far down the list. Um, however, he's not a Nazi, so that's that's plus one. That's uh, <laughs> plus he, one. He um, <sighs> even though people are people in my camp are not going to be wholly satisfied with his criminal justice program it's worth looking at um and i know i know you guys did a reading of his platform uh you know being opposed to the death penalty that matters a lot you know uh not wanting to lock people up solely for drug use uh decriminalizing marijuana um uh, banning private prisons like there's a lot of stuff in there that we should not turn our noses up at. And that it's a real, you know, on the left, we talk about privilege a lot. It is a real sign of privilege if those things don't matter to you. Uh, they, they just have to matter because there's real people out there that are having their lives ruined by the failings of our criminal justice system. And even small amounts of reform change real people's lives. And if if we're gonna care about anything, we gotta care about that. Right, but he's Framing not he's not going all the, he's not going all the way to abolishing the police force, which I know is not <laughs> what people mean by defund the police. I'm going to the real extreme. There are people who literally want to abolish it. Um, now let's point out those people have no influence in the Democratic Party, as as proven by the fact that the nominee Joe Biden, every time he's asked about it, he's like, no, I don't support that. He doesn't even support the defund the police thing. But, hold so, on, I I like, want to I want to push. I want to push back on that a little. He, right, he's he's a moderate, right? Yeah, and he's he's, he's he's paying attention to to the framing around that and and the fact that uh, a huge swath of the people that he needs to vote for him 
are the same people that that you know have their amygdala flicked mm-hmm. by the news often enough to be afraid of the rule of law or whatever like that's a thing that that, that affects them so that was an in and he recognized that so he's like okay, well i can't use the phrase defund the police in our reading of that if you if you read everything under uh, a defund the the police headline right you're gonna see uh things like defunding the police so that you can uh, spend more money on social work, spend more money on housing, spend more money uh, on uh, uh, on training, spend more money on this, on that, or whatever. That's his whole policy platform. Well, like, right, like, but there's nothing in there like, where the he, but there's nothing in there, is, I agree, Corey, but there's nothing in there where he takes away money for the police departments. Right, but it's, Which it's, if it's, you think it's about it, it makes about as much like, sense as saying we're going to make schools better by lowering the funding of schools. It's uh, not going to work. I definitely want to push back on that one. Um, on. You should look at the work of Eleanor Ostrom, who is a Nobel Prize winning economist. Um, She actually did uh, some statistical work a couple of times uh, showing that smaller police forces actually can uh, connect with the community more effectively. And actually, whenever police budgets get overly bloated, it actually leads to more problems. So there, there is a basis for, for actually like reducing this. Okay. Yeah. No, I mean, I'll, I'll give you that. And I, I feel like the, I hey, feel like the comparison to public schools is appropriate there too, because same thing, just giving them more money, but not telling them how to spend it or making sure that they're spending it efficiently or in a way that's good for, you know, the actual students. Right. Um, is not a good solution. I don't right? think we can know that since it's never been tried. Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> Okay. I mean, just because like, just, we're, we're, we like evidence, right? That was a fun sentence that you said, but it's also like, there's no real world. Connection okay. Well, here's some evidence. Okay. Happened. So, but here's, so here's some evidence for it, right? Like okay. if you, if you look at um, poor neighborhoods have less money than rich neighborhoods and rich neighborhoods, the schools perform better on average. And so they tried just sending more money to some poor neighborhoods and they didn't become as good as the rich neighborhoods. And the reason for that is because money alone isn't enough, which is kind of what you're saying there, Chet, right? It's true about the police department. It's not enough to just give them resources. You need to actually make sure it's being spent in a way that benefits the people the police work for, which is the citizens, not the police themselves, right? Public schools don't exist just to create jobs for teachers. And the police force doesn't exist just to create jobs for cops. They exist to serve the public. And well, any money that they get should be spent in our interest as the public. I think we can agree about that. Yes, 100%. Okay. I, I don't know if I could uh, sign on to everything you said there, but what one th- uh, commonality, <laughs> a commonality I can pull out of it is that a lot of these outcomes uh, don't have to do with the particular institution alone, but the environment that the institution is within. And so uh, a lot of people are talking about like, violence and how do you reduce you know, police violence? How do you reduce uh, violence generally? And uh, if you look at the work of James Gilligan, uh, who's uh, with the Harvard uh, Medical Center Study for Violence, uh, he, was, he was leading the program for some time. Um, his conclusion was that inequality is the greatest driver of violence. And the fact that we have like a highly stratified social structure, um, that in itself is, is, mm-hmm. is the huge stimulus for violence. So- uh, I mean, that makes perfect sense to me. I mean, if you live in a poor neighborhood in Los Angeles or New York, you also live in a neighborhood that has too much crime. That's just a fact. Right. And uh, this is something Yang talked about on the campaign trail, that a a lot of educational outcomes are actually like unrelated to the classroom. Um, It has 
has a lot to do with the situation the kids are in the rest of their lives. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think, uh, you know, it's very important we talk about police reform um, and just kind of we've, we wander into like- Well, and I think we can all agree. I think we can all agree that Joe Biden's, like you said, we did a whole episode about it, right? Joe Biden's police reform policies are better than Trump's, right? Which is- Oh my God. Just <laughs> militarize the police even more and have actual military on American streets policing Americans and have the freaking Gestapo and Stasi out there who don't who like don't don't actually wear identification no just going around abusing American citizens yeah, or peacefully protesting yeah. none of that is okay it is a violation of our constitutional rights right or let's make some progress and make the police force work better in the interests of the American people in a way that actually effectively polices crime but without abusing the rights of citizens let's try right. that like like if you're if your goal is progress uh step one is getting trump the fuck out of the white house <laughs> like because because look at look at what has happened so far like like i just i could not have imagined uh you know three four years ago uh that that, that we would have been here and maybe I should have imagined that, but I just really couldn't have imagined. I did. Was... <laughs> yeah, I think I actually called good. my mom the day after he was elected, and I was like, "Oh my god, America is so seriously fucked." Like, I don't think. Funny that, I think my mom's older, right? Older people just they have you know they grew up watching Trump on TV, playing this fake character, and they just had no idea how phony he is and and what a piece of garbage he is. Um, younger people didn't fall for it. No, but uh, Chet, I was just going to add also, if your goal is to have, um, is to conserve things too, in the <laughs> sense of like, let's conserve the actual rule of law, right? Not a, a dictatorial totalitarian police state, then you should also want to get Trump out. If your goal is to conserve our ability to prevent crime on the streets so that we're not just living in a third world country every day, you should want to get Trump out because he's clearly failed at that. Right, so like it, progressives and conservatives should come together to oust the son of a bitch. Yeah, really. I and man, there's some disturbing content on Facebook. I actually found a page uh, that was socialists for Trump, and it it creeped me out because it's making some of Rio's narratives a little too true. But uh, there are people that want to accelerate. The collapse of our society for political gain. Um, now, I don't think that's going to work out very well for my side. <laughs> I um, I think we're we're much better off trying to improve social well-being and and making gains where we can, uh, taking opportunities uh, like this moment to try to ban the death penalty, to try to ban private prisons, um, to to try to make the reforms we can and I will still be pushing outside the system further for for the the long-term gains that I want to see but in the meantime oh my god like things are going to shit and if if we don't if we don't hold together what little we have at this point like it it's going to be so the doomsday clock that was put together by the uh, the atomic scientists after the you know the nuclear weapons of World War II were were assembled. The doomsday clock is a hundred seconds from midnight, as of I believe January of this year, or some you know a recent update. 
Um, These are some of the most informed people giving the best estimate of exactly how much peril we are in from the threat of nuclear war and, and just total human annihilation. And they say we're pretty damn close. And it's, it's horrifying to me. There's no hope for any sort of beautiful future if we go down that path. There's no, you know, maybe, maybe in, in previous uh, social conflicts, there, there may have been some logic to some kind of accelerationist narrative. Um, I'll, I'll just leave that to the side. It's not valid this time. Like we're, we're going to end our species. And I'm, I'm so afraid that there's, there's no way to turn this thing around if we don't do it right now. Like, well, and the, the acceler- right. Yeah. And the acceler the, the sorts of accelerationists who think that um, destroying our society will lead to rebuilding um, a communist mm-hmm. utopia. They, um, how do I put this? They, seem to think that Trump will destroy society in that way, but that's not actually what would happen. What would happen is Trump would solidify totalitarian control of our society, which would make it harder to make any kind of change, positive or negative, unless the great leader wants to do it. Right. And so like, it's not, that's not, it's not going to, their acceleration argument would make more sense in a weird way if they were helping to elect Mitt Romney, right? Because Mitt Romney would be continuing to, you know, do neoliberalism and that's going to make the people angry and then blah, 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 right? But like, not a fascist, that doesn't work. Your, your commie utopia will be outlawed, okay? I think you're absolutely right. But I think we need to go back to the nuclear weapons, especially considering the news that came out of Bolton's book. Um, I just Googled this. This was the first quote that came up. Uh, Matthews uh, was a... Uh, I think this might have even been Chris Matthews. Well, why would you, why wouldn't you just say, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about nuclear weapons. Presidents don't talk about the use of nuclear weapons. Trump said the question was asked. We were talking about NATO, which of course he wants to get rid of because Russia asked him to, uh, which by the way, I say is obsolete and we pay a dis- Matthews, but you got hooked into something you shouldn't have talked about. I don't think, oh, well, maybe someday. Uh, and so ultimately Trump ends up saying, well, let me explain. Uh, somebody hits us with ISIS, because that's a sentence in the English language. <laughs> you wouldn't fight back with a nuke, right? Like, he, he absolutely categorically would use a nuclear weapon. It, when, while right now, in the last four days, um, 20 Indian troops uh, uh, got uh, killed by Chinese troops in a, in, a, uh, uh, in a spat. They're both nuclear armed. The biggest thing that Clinton says, uh, Bill Clinton said keeps them up at night is actually the Pakistani-Indian border, both of which have nuclear weapons. And between them, they have about 500 and they could basically destroy the world just yeah. them, just over and, some dumb religious and even if you think it's bullshit. just bluster, yeah, and even if you think it's just bluster and he's not going to actually use a nuclear weapon, the idea that we should do away with NATO is already going to increase the odds that we're going to well, have then, nuclear real, war. They had I mean, NATO is him. the reason we haven't had a third world war so far. Okay, yeah. the Pentagon is, has stopped like, him. My, like conservatives like me like to use the phrase the free world right and you've also heard us heard us talk about the president as the leader of the free world. Okay, Trump has. He has made America the leader of the unfree world. He's, he's made a new coalition of all of the illiberal totalitarian dictatorships, yep. left and right, all over the country, and those are his friends. 
Those are his friends. And and that he he is the leader of the unfree world and he will make America unfree as soon as our, like the only reason he hasn't so far is because too many people in America have been preventing him from doing it. He doesn't think that the judges are independent, right? He thinks that the judges are just there. They're, they work for him. He, they're delegated to make his decisions for him. That's how he thinks of the justice department. And if he gets his way on that, we will be fucked. But as long as people continue to stand up to him and say, no, you are not king. You don't get to tell judges how to, how to rule, right? Then we'll be okay. But that won't go on forever. And I got to say this, all of the, 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 the human detritus, the Trumpkin traitor trash who are his base are the reason he's getting away with it. Because people are afraid that they're going to be primaried out of the Republican Party if they don't go along with him. That's why Congress goes along with him. And that's why they confirm his not conservative justices, but radical, the opposite of conservative justices. That's why they confirm, confirm his radical justices is because they're afraid of that fucking populist mob. And those people are the problem. I, I do want to talk about that. Um, I, I think it's a little, little overly, I know, I know you want to hold people responsible and I definitely understand that. Um, I think it's a little uh, too simple to just say uh, there's this mob that's uh, wrecking our, our system of politics that is uh, also somehow um, Trump is also like synchronizing with these other populist uh, voices around the world. And I think there's a reason why there's uh, international populist uprising. Um, I, I think overall, um, there's, there's just foundational issues with our order. And we, it's, it's also why uh, we struggle with climate change. Um, because basically climate change is this giant externality of, of our, our global socioeconomic order. Um, and, we, and we have yet to really grasp like how big the problem is or, uh, or come up with any sort of real solutions. Um, I think we can, uh, but we're going to have to understand why those problems arose and until then, I don't think we're going to be able to solve it. Okay. And yeah. I, no, I, I agree with that, Chet. I, I, I don't. I don't think anything that I said contradicted that. Okay. Um. But here, here's here's where my 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 problem with letting the regular po- populist voter off the hook comes in, and I, I I think we can find common ground here. Um. You know, like part of the reason we're not able to make um, appropriate action on climate is because we started making progress and Trump undid it, right? And Trump was unable to undo it and leave the Paris Climate Agreement as imperfect as it was, it was better than nothing, right? He was able to do that only for one reason, and that is because of a populist movement that enabled him to do it. So the idea that populists care about climate is not something that I believe. Um, Now, there might be some- I think some certainly do. Sure, but like generally speaking, in my experience, regular Joes, couldn't name the vice president. They couldn't tell you what the branches of government are. They don't know what the hell they're talking about. They don't have an ideology. They just know they're angry and they don't like the system and they want to rage at the machine. That's all, right? And it's easy for people like Trump to take advantage of that. Also, it's, it, but by, by, so like if anything, the climate problem is an example of the fact that we need more global cooperation, right? So all of Absolutely. these nationalist movements who are opposed to global cooperation are only going to make that harder, right? And, and, and the, 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 
you know, that by, by analogy, um, people complaining about gridlock in Congress are also inevitably the same people who vilify anybody who compromises even a little bit with the other side, which is the solution to gridlock, right? So I think that they are the cause of the very problems they complain about. I, th um, I want to zoom in on, the, you, you said the, the need for kind of global cooperation, global coordination on these issues. And I think, I think that's the direction we're headed kind of naturally as a species. Um, we're becoming more and more a global species. And uh, the, the sort of nation state model that came about in the last few hundred years to manage us is not managing us on a global scale very well. And I think that's one reason that a lot of this populism is a, is a reaction to that failure to manage. And so uh, there, there needs to be some adjustment in, in the way we manage uh, on the global scale. And I think Right, but wouldn't that adjustment be to do more global cooperation, not less of it? I mean, by, oh, I agree with absolutely. you. Like Einstein, who, who, who lived, he lived to see what like the nightmare of nationalism does, right? He said, quote, nationalism is an infantile disease. It is the measles of mankind, right? And so the people who think that like, making na national borders even more important and that the government's job, a, a nation's gov government's job in trade is just to make sure that bare citizens have an advantage over the citizens of other countries are not going to make that global cooperation easier. Absolutely. And that's, um, that's one of, I would say one of the failings of uh, Bernie Sanders platform. Uh, I would say there is uh, a real critique there to be made um, of populism generally. Um, although I wouldn't lump all populists into the same boat. There's, there's different kinds, but that-, one, that I totally to agree be, with that, of course, yeah. That can seems I, to be I, kind of a universal. Yeah, can I interject one uh, tiny difference? This is like from, from two weeks ago. Uh, this actually happened. Uh, Sylvia Garcia, uh, Democrat uh, in Congress from Texas, uh, on Monday unveiled legislation that would forbid President Trump from dropping nuclear bombs into hurricanes to disrupt their paths and stop them from hitting the United States because that's a fucking thing he says all the fucking time, right? But Bernie made some mistakes around the border. That's, yes, and populism and nationalism, maybe, sure. Never once suggested we drop fucking nuclear bombs on hurricanes. Yeah, no, okay. I mean, to be clear, <laughs> you know, to be fair. At my, at my moments <laughs> when I was the most critical of Bernie Sanders and his movement, I never said he was as bad as Trump. But and like, said you'd and, vote and in for my him. opinion, so the, the thing, thing that's the yeah. most, the, the thing that's the most damning about him is the ways in which his narrative actually helps Trump. And um, perpetuating the populist narrative about elites being all corrupt and the establishment of both parties being bad really does help Trump. Yep. I wish I could argue with that. And again, like, and, and something that, that I've said on the show, like, the, it's, it's not like Wall Street is good. It's not like there isn't corruption. Those things all exist. And they're all, they're all manageable by, by uh, actual solutions. But when you just say pox on both your houses, well, suddenly you've just made it possible for a demagogue to take over and then rat fuck the whole country. And well, so, yeah. like, you, you have to, there has to be some uh, uh, nuance around that. And honestly, like, Yang spoke to, to the, the pain and suffering and problems. Right. It, he spoke to all of those same issues, but he did it in a way that said, no, like the Democratic Party is the only vector through which we're going to accomplish this until we get ranked choice voter, right? Well, and, and also just, he put things, he also, 
yeah, he also put things in perspective, right? That's that's what's being right. lost here, right? Is that you know when 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 um, in our last episode we talked about there being three different kinds of Trump supporters, and one of them was just partisan Republicans looking for an excuse to continue to support him, and all they need is a whataboutism. That's all they need, and Bernie Sanders supplied supplied them with an endless list of whataboutisms, you know, and that is not we, good. Right. We still hear them all the time. Like Chet, that, yeah, that one. They will be used to attack Biden until the and like until yeah. he dies. And again, the other guy, checks notes, is a fucking Nazi. All right, so, yeah, so let's get back to why, because like you, Chet, you were saying it's hard to persuade other lefties to, and I, I mean, I use lefty to refer to you as somebody who's left of the Democratic Party, right. you're left of Corey, right? You're a communist, right? Um, right. Now, you're a libertarian kind, not an authoritarian kind, and that's a fascinating philosophical conversation that you and I can agree to yeah. disagree about. <laughs> it's an oxymoron, time. but go on. Right, but like should, that said, you that genuinely sometimes. are on yeah. the actual goddamn left yeah. flank of politics, right? Yeah. Um, so you have trouble persuading other lefties, but like, why? Let's maybe maybe it could help to just say like, why? What persuaded you? Why are you Biden twenty twenty to the extent that you are? Which is you know enough to vote for him, which is all I'm asking for. Well, and to come on this podcast and talk about how we can get everybody else. <laughs> and maybe see. like maybe not bad mouth him unnecessarily when the only alternative is fascism. I. I you know, that's, that's a big part of it is that this, this is kind of a unique cycle in which we're, I believe we really are dealing with an existential threat to our species. And I don't believe I'm exaggerating at all there. Um, and, and, and that's kind of the, the negative half of it, right? Like orange man bad. Um, but the, the other half um, is that I, I want gains. Right, I want uh, I, 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 wa I want some some steps forward, and that's just not going to happen uh, with a Trump re-election. Um, like I said, Biden was not my first pick. He was he was pretty far down the list, um, but we have an opportunity. Uh, the, Biden provides a lane for a number of significant gains. Um, so I grew up in Missouri. Missouri is one of the leading states for the death penalty. We love killing people. And it's really wild because if, if I recall correctly, if you look at polling on the death penalty, it has more to do with state policy than it does with uh, party loyalty. So like in your mind, you might think, oh, the Democrats against the death penalty, the Republicans for the death penalty. But actually, it has more to do with what state you're in and what the policy already is. People tend to conform to whatever the policy is. So in Missouri, um, even Democrats, it was a difficult decision or a difficult discussion to have with people as to like why this is not okay. It's not okay whenever you have, you know, a, a, probably someone that's done something heinous um, and, and maybe they're a dangerous threat, you know, to the public. Uh, but they are already restrained, they can't hurt anybody, and they provide us with an opportunity to understand where those problematic behaviors come from and to try to resolve them in the future. And every time we just waste all the money it takes to kill someone, because it's very expensive, every time we snuff out that person's life, we lose an opportunity to fix ourselves and we lose an opportunity to fix our society. And that's, that's something that's very hard to communicate with people. If their bias is, no, I don't like this certain type of person that's committed this crime and I think they should die for it. 
it's yeah personally you have to get beyond that personally um i would be pro the death penalty except for two things one is that because of the legal requirements around it that are necessitated by the the danger of executing an innocent person it's actually more expensive to execute somebody than it is to imprison them for life so i like isn't it by like 10 to 100 times it's a a lot more expensive it's incomparable it's a lot more so as a fiscal conservative i just can't get on board with that it's just wasteful and secondly um because every now and then an innocent person will be executed and there's no takesy backsies from killing somebody, right? We can't resurrect them, right? This isn't a daytime soap opera or a fantasy novel. This is real life. And you just, you just committed an injustice that you can't undo even if they're exonerated later. And there have been cases where that happened, where people were exonerated by DNA evidence. There were oh, lots yeah. of cases like that. L- lots of cases. Yeah, hundreds of them. Yeah, and and you have to assume there's even you have to assume that if you if there have been hundreds of confirmed cases, there must be thousands that we never found out about, right? Just statistically, it's because it's very unlikely you're going to find out something like that at all, right? When it happens, so the possibility if you whereas if you imprison an innocent person, there's always the possibility of letting them free if they're exonerated, and in a lot of a lot of the times, those people are also compensated for having not that you can ever take. Not that you can ever set a value on the fact that they had 10 or 20 years of their life as a free person taken away from them unjustly, um, but that is definitely better, right? Um, so least. those are my two reasons for not supporting it. I, I just ch- I don't want us to have the whole conversation be about, you know, I know it's very in the news for a good reason, police reform, but another off po- policy that um, people on the left care a lot about is healthcare. And we yeah. also did a whole episode about comparing Biden and Trump's healthcare policies. And, and once again, if you compare Biden to, I don't know, Bernie Sanders, right, as a leftist, you might not like Biden's healthcare policy. But Bernie Sanders isn't the alternative. Donald Trump is the alternative. So could you talk about how when you can only choose between Biden or Trump's healthcare <laughs> platform, which should a logical leftist prefer? Right. Uh, so Trump has no plan. Like he's right now. Um, I don't have healthcare coverage uh, through a, a number of circumstances that have happened in my life. It's just worked out that over the last number of years, um, I, I, ne- I always like fell in the coverage gap or uh, a number of things have happened uh, that have prevented me from getting coverage. Um, what Biden's gonna cover an additional, I think 10 million 15 million people, something to that effect. I mean, I mean, we're talking about millions of people that are going to gain coverage. My um, my reading plan. of my reading of his policy platform, we went through it in pretty good detail, and I'd be wondering if Corey would agree with this, is that over time, right, not instantly, because nothing changes that fast in the machinery of government, right? A UBI would be the fastest change that, that you know, because it's so much easier to send out a bunch of checks. Right. But something like reforming the healthcare system is much more complicated, right? So um, my understanding is that it would result over time if everything in his plan actually happens and a, pol- a bill that really gets passed and, and signed into law, um, everybody would be covered. Everybody. Yeah. The only exception I would make is that my reading of it suggested that it wouldn't actually, again, if as written it was passed, it would be effective almost immediately. Well, no, it would be effective, but I mean, like, not everybody's going to be covered overnight, right? And well, like, are... basically, the, the people the the people that need to be covered would be effectively covered when they signed up. What, what would take a little bit of time 
is that eventually he just wants everyone to be automatically signed up. There you go. Right? That's the key. And, right? So and, it's not, it's actually opt out, not opt in. Right. And so like, op, in, you, and op, right. you're only allowed to opt out if you have private insurance, right? That's maintaining the mandate. So literally by law, everybody will be covered. And if you can't afford to pay for it, it's subsidized. And if you really can't afford to pay for it, it's free. That's how the system works, right? It's expanding Medicare to everybody, including children through their parents. So everybody would be covered under his plan. He could credibly call his plan Medicare for all if he wanted to, because it literally is just expanding Medicare to everybody. The only difference is he's not forcing you to only have Medicare. He's giving you the option of a private insurance instead, if you choose it. That's the only difference. That was my reading of it. And I mean, I understand that people to the left of me, right, would rather they not have that choice, right? And that's not how they would characterize it, right? They want to have a single payer system, right? Well, that's, I get that again, that's not that, but it still that, is but. Medicare for everybody. Yeah, this goes back to what Chet was saying about how uh, the amount of privilege that it takes to not really get behind something that's going to move the needle for tens of millions of people, right? Like, how lucky are you that you can not bother to read Biden's extremely good public option uh, 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 healthcare policy that would as a result of being what interestingly now is called centrist, you know, eight years ago, his policy, like I was fighting tooth and nail for the Obama administration to get exactly this kind of thing. And I was a leftist crazy person, right? So we're moving it, we're moving the conversation in the, in, in, in the right direction. It's gotten there and now we're like, no, that's dumb. Like it's, uh, hopefully people- <laughs> I mean, and part of, part, of it, part of it is because Biden has been actively adopting the best ideas out of his con- the people he was running against in the primary. Yeah. And so a lot of his policies have actually become um, better, um, certainly from a left-wing perspective, have become significantly better um, than they were when he was running in the primary. Um, which is interesting he's, to see his coalition building the general election. What, but like, yeah. I mean, his goal, it seems to me like his goal is, I'm guessing his strategy is the Trump voters are going to vote for Trump no matter what. So rather than trying to get them, I'm going to get the never Trump conservatives as long as I can show that I'm not a socialist and that I, you know, that I'll restore some sanity to the country. Right. And so like, he's just trying to make sure he can consolidate the democratic party around him as as thoroughly as possible and and so that's that's the strategy behind that and, I, and it seems to be working yeah i i do see this overall and i'm i'm definitely a supporter of sing, single payer um uh, and i do see that that's kind of the direction we're going and um kind of kind of what uh what i believe Corey was saying was that like you know we, we've bernie in particular and a lot of other um activists and politicians have, have significantly moved uh, the Democratic Party to the left in recent years. And it's, it's really odd, though, that uh, it seems like we don't want to button that with a vote, right? <laughs> we'll, like, we'll, like, get all the positions and get a lot of concession um, and, and things move that direction. But unless you reinforce that with a vote, uh, it's just going to drift back to the right again, which probably make Rio happy. But uh, for the rest of us, uh, yeah, that's, I mean. It'll only make me happy if Trump loses though, right? (laughs) Because I already consider the GOP like not a real option for the the actual right wing, right? So if that, you know, if Trump loses and the party, the party uh, 
Well, I don't know. I mean, a couple of things could happen. The party could continue to move further and further left, and then the GOP would really have to, we, like conservatives would really have to focus on making the GOP the new right-wing party again. But right now, you know, it's um, kind of weird because on some issues like healthcare, right, um, and criminal justice, you're right that the party has sort of moved left. And I mean, when you're talking about social issues, left and right doesn't make that much sense because there's no Left reason right why in general is difficult yeah right it's Agreed. a little confusing right but like you know on the one hand that's true but on the other hand trump has made the gop so hostile to real right-wing values that in a way the dnc is kind of de facto the right-wing party too it's just like it's a situation where it's obviously better whether you're progressive or conservative left or right and the only people who could who could prefer trump over that are either absolute ignoramuses or deeply fucking evil people that's speaking, really it is that simple at this point. yeah i need to it really speak is to, a no-brainer i would is. love Corey. i would love to have a, a debate with you about like a normal like romney or paul ryan or Fuck marco yes. rubio yes. you know what i mean yes that would be a great conversation it to have be, and i think yes. it would be more interesting for our listeners oh my God. because it makes it sound like we're partisan but we're not it's just that in this particular case it is an absolute you know no fuck like no brainer we no are partisan brainer. nazis bad <laughs> no brainer not fucking rocket science right like are we partisan when the other side is nazis and full of people that say this at rallies while not wearing masks don't interrupt me i have and to even, read this and yeah. it's gonna make you want to punch just everyone at everyone uh trump rally goer who is of course not wearing a mask and and just and because this is medically necessary to mention is obese as fuck we had a friend who died from COVID and his son was on a ventilator. He almost died. So we know it's real. But then at the same time, you don't know what the facts are. You feel like maybe one side plays it one way and the other side plays it another. What? Yep. End of fucking quote. The right. dumbest people in America. It could be both stupid and evil too, right? Yeah. This they can't not be both be evil, smart and not definitely evil. Definitely stupid. can't be both smart and not evil. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, Okay, well, so that, Pat, take it away. <laughs> wow. Well, and I, I think, I think wow. this is just kind of a reflection of our, our current level of social well-being. Like, things are bad. Um, yeah. See, I don't, don't even see that. Like, I actually don't agree with well, that. You wouldn't. <laughs> I Go on, Chet. I mean, I don't know how much more obvious it could get, but that's Yeah, okay. no. Oh, I mean, wow. dude, in his media room with his French doors, everything's fucking fantastic. <laughs> But um, <laughs> I, I'm also walking distance from the beach. Exactly. Yeah. Like, dude, yeah. Like, I'm like <laughs> but, literally but no, right like, in the face. Like my honey badger fucking is like, it's real. Anyway, go on, chat. Like, Doesn't if, have health insurance right now. <laughs> if you compare um, where we're at compared to the rest of the first world on Anything. drug addiction, mental illness, uh, literacy, um, kind of any metric of social well-being where we're kind of at the bottom of the first world. And oh, I agree with that, but that's still way better than most humans were for most of human history. I mean, so I think you'd agree with this, Chet. We also have a lot to lose. Like, it could get worse, too. Oh. You don't want to take that progress for granted. Sure, sure. No, and, and that's that's kind of not where I'm going, that we have, like, nothing to lose, like, fuck it all or anything. But um, Yeah, I know you're not one of those people we wouldn't have put you on the show if you were, frankly. <laughs> But, um, but I mean, this is, this is the problem where like you can't have a discussion that requires uh, science literacy mm -hmm. anymore. Um, maybe once upon a time, P 
people would have listened to the experts. And part of this has to do with the fact that uh, media has become a lot more decentralized. And so there's just more voices in the room. Yeah, I think um, it's I think it's more than than I think it's more that than anything else. I mean, I, I think that like the average person was always kind of a numbskull, right? The, but what's different is that it's easier for them to get misinformation now. But they knew to listen to smart people. <laughs> well, they didn't have any choice because there were the, there were too many gatekeepers I mean, who prevented them from think, hearing from anybody else. I mean, sadly, I think Rio's right. <laughs> like they, you can choose, you can choose to not. But when when everybody was listening to either NBC, CBS, or or uh, ABC, yeah. right? Like the, when you go to work the next day, the, yeah. right? Like the, the, there was a uh, uh, the good old days when the elites were in charge. Oh, fuck <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> However, we are witnessing the experiment of what happens when you let everyone decide for themselves what should be yeah. editorial allowed, you know, in their in their information stream. And that's there's, not going well because there's a lot of fucking idiots. And it turns out when they start talking to each other, they reinforce each other. And since ten people believe this fucking stupid QAnon shit, it must be real. And uh, just for the record, there is a uh, someone who's about to become a congresswoman in Georgia who is legitimately fucking queen of the QAnon people. So that's fun. So, so here's the thing. There's, there's no rule that says that's the way it has to be, right? There's, there's no rule that says we have to be uneducated and listening to bad voices and uh, we, we have to be scientifically illiterate. Um, that's, th there is a, a sort of higher standard that you have to have whenever media becomes decentralized like this. Like we, we have to be more educated and we we haven't done that work right so so all of yeah, what we're absolutely talking about, no argument there right yeah, i'm not let disagreeing finish, with let that finish, at all. let him finish yeah so so what we're talking about here is is the result of not following up with that not educating ourselves and our fellow citizens well enough in order to be able to navigate this landscape um we still run with the educational models that assume everything's you know all of our information centralized and whatnot when it's not and so it's it's insufficient to the moment and so I don't think it's like an inherent problem with, I think actually decentralized communication is one of the ways that we can connect around the world and collaborate with each other and someday successfully manage the biosphere so that we don't have externalities like climate change. Um, but in the meantime, we're in like the early stages of that and we're not doing very well. <laughs> And it's yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I agree with you, Chet. I, I just the realist in me is hearing you say that and thinking like, okay, but we already have let the cat out of the bag, right? People already can reinforce their stupid beliefs by talking to other stupid people on the internet, right? People already say fake news about real news and then prefer to listen to Russia Today, which is literal Russian propaganda and is something that I'm sure you have noticed is popular on the left and the alt-right, right? <laughs> I've, um, seen, I've seen a fair amount of Russia Today. Yeah, there's a lot of Russia today on the left because of, because they say stuff that's bad about Biden or bad about Clinton, and that reinforces their preconceptions about the establishment, and they love it, right? They eat it up. Um, so in reality, where the average person is stupid, right, because they might be perfectly capable of, I mean, if they were really that bright, they would have figured it out because our system isn't that bad. But, you know, like, you know, the people have, you know, you know some are brighter than others. Um, but in reality, where the average person is pretty poorly educated, certainly by first world standards. They definitely don't know enough about civics and critical thinking, et cetera, to make an informed decision about anything, right? What do we do right now? Because solving the problem of education is gonna take decades. 
Right. What do we do um, right now? Chet, before you answer that, let's just do it in this context. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so the podcast listeners can't see what you just put up on the screen, and you will only see I, it I if you promise. support us on Patreon. Yeah, and uh, I, I have been shit at loading video up onto Patreon, and I apologize for that. I'm going to load this episode up. Like, oh my god! To, like when before this podcast launches uh, as re- audio, because I'm not really going to describe this. this oh, man. but like it is <laughs> fucking fucked up, and and it just it, I think it speaks to everything we've just been talking about times a hundred. Okay, yeah. so chat. I mean, <laughs> what do we do re- in reality, right? About which, which these... I know you're a very practical person, so I know you have an answer prepared for this. And it must relate to voting for Joe Biden, which is the topic of the episode, commies, hashtag commies for Biden. So go ahead. Oh, I, just, so, I just noticed, sorry for interrupting, I just noticed the black ladies in the back of that uh, picture laughing at them. <laughs> wow. Okay. Anyway. But Care? you will only see it if you support us on Patreon. Yeah, yeah, like, that was really no... awkward that you only said that about the photo. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, sorry. Like, there's... Even if I described it out loud, you wouldn't believe me. So I, I'm just, you're going to have to. No, this oh, that same aroma. thing happened last cycle too. I remember it. It was Ooh. weird. Um, so, so there is no short-term fix, right? There's no short-term solution. Um, we have to be thinking on a scale of, of decades or better um, because that is like the hard work that may eventually lead to some kind of resolution with these problems. Um, I'm, I'm reminded of a, a quote I heard from Douglas Rushkoff the other day. I don't know if you're familiar with him. He's like a kind of a, a media critic and uh, I don't know, one of these guys that's just kind of, uh, I don't know, just kind of a popular voice in, in media. Um, it, he, talked about um, our role in this whole process, and uh, you may not agree with this, but he talked about how um, right now a really important framing to think about our system is as palliative care, Um, that you can't just let things collapse and uh, just just crash. Um, There would be violent there's going to be a lot of suffering associated with that. Uh, we need to think about how to reduce suffering. Um, and one of those steps is getting Orange Man Bad out of the White House and uh, putting someone in that we can make some gains with. Um, it's, it's certainly not, like I mentioned before, it's not my ideal um, because I know someone's going to like say that on my wall. <laughs> going to be like, oh, you're, you know, blah, 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 whatever. Uh, it's, it's very important to reduce suffering um, because that's the only way we are going to get people to a space where they can think clearly and where we can have discussions about like scientific literacy and uh, about, you know, taking further steps to heal society. Well, just, just, just literacy period, right? Just the literacy ability period. to be able to comprehend, right? So literacy, like there are illiterate people in the U.S., right? Fewer of them than in the past. We've actually made progress on that. But comprehension is still really bad, right? If you can't tell the difference between The Economist and Russia Today, it doesn't matter that you can read because you don't know what to do with the words that you are reading. That's just a reality. That's a huge point because I, I 
come across this all the time. Like the, the idea that you would be able to process information and it comes to like the, the epistemological problem, right? Like what do you believe and why do you believe it? And, and, and what sources do you have and why do you believe them? And all of that seems like um, if you were to make a Venn diagram between the people that understand that and the people that don't, the people that don't make up a hundred percent of the 30% of people that will never leave Trump. Right. And also the people who won't vote for Biden, no matter what. Or third party voters, Trump's right? Like, I've been saying this and I mean it literally. People. If yeah. you are not going to vote for Joe Biden, yeah. If you are not going to vote for Joe Biden, put on the MAGA hat because <laughs> you are just as much of a Trump enabler as they are. Right. In but, fact, if you're on Twitter, on, no. if you're, no, but let me finish. If you're on Twitter, if you're on Twitter bad-mouthing Biden, you know, every day, you're actually doing more to enable Trump than the average maggot. Yeah, because people are actually going to listen to you. And, and you know, were it some other cycle, um, I would be excited about someone like uh, Howie Hawkins. Uh, he actually reflects a lot of my political values. Um, and he actually had an association with... Uh, one of my favorite philosophers, Murray Bookchin. Um, so the thing is, is like someone like that, I understand the appeal. He's very appealing. He's not going to prevent Trump, right? And that really should be the priority this cycle because we have a literal Nazi in the White House and we, we're not going anywhere good if that stays. Or at a minimum, somebody who thinks that in order to solidify his own power and dominance over American society and um, and in, in service of the unfree world, um, he's willing to not just pander to Nazis, but to just full out give them whatever the fuck they want. Um, that is bad. <laughs> St Steph. That's a Steph, bold statement. Steph, we and you know, like Corey, Corey, yeah, like you're you're years. you're right about you're right about every Trump supporter being in that category. But I honestly think every non-Biden voter must be in that category. Honestly, like or, or I, evil. Those are the only. Dude. And I mean, a lot of there are a lot of smart communists who I consider evil. Chet might just think they're mis, <laughs> misguided, right? Those um, people, oh, but those people probably this. read Bookchin, right? <laughs> but they, they, if they think that it's okay to, it's okay to help reelect a fascist, I think they're fucking evil, right? They're either stupid or evil. Whether you're voting this is for why Trump or just not, or just not for Biden. I mean, yeah. honestly, that's really where I, where I am. All right. No, now, this right? is why we. I mean, like, if a never Trump conservative, right? If people like David Frum and Rick Wilson and George fucking Bush, right, can do it. <laughs> then why the hell can't somebody on the left do it? What the hell is wrong with them? Or, because I mean, again, like they don't care if all of the evil psychos that you just mentioned uh, uh, are, are willing to, uh, uh, to vote for them. I mean, that, you know, whatever, Iraq war, 2 million people dead, that's fine, right? But Andrew Yang and fucking Bernie Sanders, right? Like they see the writing on the wall. What right. the fuck is your problem? Yeah. Like seriously, oh, he's a sellout. Are you actually dumb? And this but is but I just meant like if like, I'm this is why we need chat around. We like, need chat yeah. around because honestly, you and I yeah. will just fucking start screaming but at if them I, like But like no, idiot. I didn't I know they don't care what George Bush thinks, right? I get right. that, right? Neither do Trump supporters because they also hate Bush for the same reasons, right? They don't like the war in Iraq. Oh my god, it was so bad. We were lied to, weapons of mass destruction, blah blah wow. blah. It's the same exact <laughs> arguments, oh, dude. Shit. Something, like, something French. You literally what? can't tell a Trump supporter and a far lefty apart if you if you if your life depended on it most of the Except time. Except for the fucking Nazi flags. Okay. <laughs> I mean 
if they're if they maybe they're not flying the flags, but they they seem to think that helping reelect a Nazi is preferable to electing a center right capitalist. I, I think there's a little bit of a false equivalence there. <laughs> and it's and it's so. maybe revealed, <laughs> really don't. I mean, they're, usually, revealed, they're using, oh, they're using the same arguments, Chet. The same arguments. The same, and remember, seventy percent of Americans supported the war in Iraq. Seventy <laughs> percent like, of Americans supported the war at the time. No, I know. And because now everybody. Oh, do. I wasn't one of those people, right? right. Give me a no, I mean, I was You were ignoring that doesn't make it go away. And and if you, like I can hold the two ideas in my head right that the iraq <laughs> war was bad and that also we should definitely not let a fucking nazi be president and, and again like this is not rocket surgery right like this right. is not I something that, that we have to whatever so, so like it's it's just have a little bit of nuance and honestly third party voters the reason why i get so angry at you is because you should fucking know better i don't expect anything from the asshats that say my friend died of covid and his son was on a fucking ventilator for two weeks Right, but who knows? Like information, I don't know. That guy's lost to every reasonable discussion. If you're thinking about voting for Jill Stein or voting independent, that means that you're like trying to use information to process things and try and do the right thing. You are fucking going to help a Nazi get elected, right? And I'm not saying that it's exactly like shooting yourself in the dick with a bazooka, but it is exactly like shooting yourself in the dick with a bazooka. Just put on the red hat. That's all I ask. Like, be honest about it. Don't pretend like you're a better person. You're not. Now, period. go back and listen to Chet make a reasonable argument as opposed to just getting yelled at. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, and I, I've been recognizing this in myself. I am out of reasonable arguments. I don't have them anymore. I have like an instantaneous reaction to this shit. The piece like, no, listen, I think you should just stop being a fucking idiot. Like, that's, that's all I have left. And I absolutely am excited that we had uh, AJ and, and, and Cody on. And I'm actually absolutely excited that we had you on chat because you guys are still capable of having those discussions <laughs> with people. So I'll just do what I can to platform you while also just having Rio and I yell and scream at them a lot. Yeah, I, th I can, I can see a lot of people are getting stressed and exhausted. Um, stress is, a very serious problem. We don't take it seriously, but it, it builds in social systems. It uh, eats away at the cohesion inside those systems. And, you know, everyone being, you know, cooped up for months from the virus, that's not helping anything. Um, there's, there's a number of problems at, at the moment. And wow, yeah, it's very hard to keep your cool. <laughs> and I'm seeing I'm seeing a lot of people like uh, they're going into what a interesting area of psychology and Yang referenced it a lot was like the uh, the mindset of scarcity. Um, you're you're running out of those those resources like your your mental faculties for for engaging rationally for trying to like reason through uh, people's arguments and things like that. We're we're out right, and one of the things we should have done at the beginning of this pandemic was cut everyone a check every month and but do it we would all be in a much healthier yes. place two grand, two grand a month and honestly they, it was initially for six months it's gonna it's gonna probably go 18 months we would all be in a healthier place mentally um, we'd be having more reasonable discussions we'd have more compliance with uh you know the advice from medical professionals um you know the, i'm the actually gonna push back on that a little bit 
Okay. All right. So obviously, needless to say, this comes from somebody who supports a UBI, right? I do support a UBI. I don't know if you guys have noticed that, right? Wait, you, hold on, hold on. Just, I, just, I just want to clarify. You support UBI. I support UBI, right? UBI, okay. Th- that's where I, they give you money every month. You support that. I don't. I don't. I do this think is going to get it, funnier the longer we do this. I'm just saying, like, you support it. <laughs> just to, okay. You know, it makes you actually, it extra funny when you tell people that it's funny. That's no, you have to explain it ruthlessly, and it gets funnier <laughs> the longer you do it. So, just again, you. Until, you support, so I support until UBI. You're the only one like in the monthly room. checks. Actually, <laughs> actually, this is analogous to the education issue, right? Because I agree with you that of course we need a long-term plan, but there are lots of things that you could do now, right? But the reason it's a long-term plan is because it's going to take time to really see the knock-on effects of that, right? You're going to sure. see some effects right away. But the kind of social change and the re- rebuilding of trust and cohesion that you're talking about isn't going to happen over a short period of time. It's going to happen over a longer period of time. It's going to be gradual. It's going to, you know, it's going to happen and then it'll happen more and it'll happen more. It'll build on. It'll become like a snowball, right? So with, with education, just start requiring critical theory as a, like an absolute, like in junior high, right? And, and every year thereafter, that would be a huge change. But it's going to take a while before those people are old enough to vote. And it's going to take a while before the people who didn't learn it die, right? So it's going to take a generation or two for that to work its way through the system. Similarly with UBI, there will be an immediate benefit for a lot of people. You will see a lot of benefits in local, especially small economies that really where like it's an astronomical stimulus relative to their current GDP, right? That's going to have a big difference. But in the short term, is that is that going to solve? Is that suddenly going to make everybody more reasonable? Is that suddenly going to make Trump yes. supporters not support Trump? No, that's Trump? the thing. No. Absolutely not. Right? <laughs> no, in fact, honestly, if anything, real. they the might argument- say like, Donald Trump is king. He gave me money. Oh, my God. I love him so much. Because you know Trump would take credit for that shit. Yeah, right? no, th- those people will exist. I totally – and again, like – And honestly, the, if I could, if I could make the only means testing that Trump supporters don't get it, I would. Because I don't want them to, I don't think that keeping, subsidizing the lives of Nazis is good for America. I really don't. (laughs) And I know that, I know that that's a symptom of the fact that I, I know that's a symptom of the fact that I'm losing patience. I hear, I hear you on that chat. But I also think that sometimes it's appropriate to express social outrage at truly outrageous things. I I think think that sometimes we shouldn't, you know, like I'm hearing a lot of excuses from you. And what I would like to hear you say is, why should people vote for Joe Biden? <laughs> well, and, no, hold on, Rio. I think that was that was a, a, a kind of a mean way to frame. I it. don't even disagree with your excuses. No, I, like, don't. I don't even think they're just, excuses. I just, they're just, I they're just reasons, right? And most yeah, of the most of the last okay, fine. Well, most, of, most, most of the last excuses that he was making wasn't for them. It was for me because I'm the one who's pissed off. I'm the one who's being unreasonable. That was actually the context of the conversation we were just having. Oh, I guess, yeah. I, I mean, but there's also a spectrum of reasonable, and we are much closer to the reasonable side than the people that are the real problem here, right? And that is just inarguably true. I mean, yeah. no, dude, I'm angry. I'm fucking right as well. I get that, right? But at the same time, like, <laughs> like the, I think the reason that, that I was excited to have Chet on and, and go back and listen to, uh, to AJ and, and, and Cody in our last episode as well, like that, that – they're still willing to have the, the sort of pragmatic discussion of how we move forward. And again, like the, the argument that, that you were making, Chad, as far as uh, uh, UBI or $2,000 a month or whatever, like that, that, that would have an absolutely, like we would be able to measure the number of human beings' lives that got lost that, or got saved if we had done a UBI. There would be an automatic impetus to stay closed down 
Um, you know, because again, like they, they only started opening up uh, uh, restaurants when they realized they didn't want to give the money anymore, right? And that right. is actually killing people. Okay, I'm going to ask you guys an uncomfortable question, and this is a what if that I'm not necessarily making a case for. Okay, oh my. but That's what if it were right so? What if we knew because of time travel or whatever, right? that giving everybody a really generous temporary UBI during this period actually resulted in Trump getting reelected and not giving it to them resulted in him losing. What would you, would you still support giving it to them? Cause I wouldn't. What if, hold on though. What if everyone got a unicorn and that got, had Trump get reelected, <laughs> but then if you didn't give them a unicorn, it wouldn't like that's a hypothetical. Yeah, but no, but that, there, I don't think no it's that hypothetical that. though. I think it's I a realistic, I think it's entirely possible that it could actually help him get reelected. 100% I've got one possible. though. I've got one though. What if uh, we actually had empirical data about uh, the effects of scarcity on a single individual uh, within a year time frame? Because we do have that, and it's yeah, I know. But you're assuming you're assuming. But the, here, here's where our disagreement is, Chai. <laughs> you're assuming that there that all of these people are supporting Trump just because they're the scarcity mindset, and I'm telling you, most of them are supporting him because they're garbage people, and giving them money won't change that. So that's not really an explanation, right? Like just, just they're bad people. Um, why are they bad people? Where did those influences come from? You know, and, and yeah, and if they were brought you, up by other bad people, right? <laughs> it's an infinite okay? regression that's of, part of, of it, bad right? people. They were brought up by racist, sexist, homophobic parents. Yeah, and but they those, grew up to be racist, sexist, to, homophobic pe those adults. Those people used to vote for people like Mitt Romney though. And now they're voting for Donald Trump. I agree. I agree, and I've 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 expressed the fact that I never supported the Southern strategy. But yeah, I just yeah, said, no, like, like, I think I don't like, think Chuck's that giving to get these something people, smart, and we're like, no, fuck you. I honestly, <laughs> you guys, let's calm it down for a second, because I honestly didn't think this was going to be contentious. But I do think it's an interesting point, right? That in the short term, right, I don't think that you're going to turn horrible human beings into perfectly good people, right? They might be a little more reasonable. That's fair, right? But if Trump was able to persuade these people who will still be poorly educated, just with a little more money now, right? If he's able to persuade those people that he was the gr glorious leader who did this thing that has never happened before in the history of America, right? That's, that's huge for him. And also like the bad economy is hurting Trump. If we made the economy been a, better, it's going to help him. Like if, 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 we, if we really believe that Trump is his yeah, existential threat. It would have been for sure. Yeah, no, I, I, I will absolutely concede that that, that, would have helped him to to some extent right like that and again it, it, like it, it's an interesting sort of moral argument as to to whether or not you would still do that and i think i would probably have to fall on the side that you have to help people before they starve to death uh you know <laughs> however like nazi bad uh, now, granted, like how much would that difference make, right? Biden is up by twelve fucking points in a Fox News poll, uh, which is ridiculous, and actually translating into swing states and creating new swing states, like checks notes Texas, what, right? So, like uh, that, you know, I think we're rearranging uh, uh, deck chairs on a Titanic that is reverse sinking. Yeah, well, that's that's why I said <laughs> that's why I, I do okay. want to hear your answer, Chad. But I just wanted to clarify, I wasn't saying that it definitely would result in him getting reelected. That's right. Why I phrased it did. But I, in my opinion, the uh, the possibility that it could help him is significant enough that I would I actually think we shouldn't do it yet. 
And, and frankly, also, you have to understand, coming from me, I'm not in the least bit motivated by a sense of charity toward poor people. I don't care. I just yeah. don't care. Oh, we get that. That's <laughs> right. Believe me. So that's, that's not my across. reason for supporting Crystal it. Fucking I clear. don't care. I want, my point is, I want people to stop voting for Nazis. And I just don't think giving Nazis $2,000 and letting a Nazi take credit for it is going to achieve that goal, personally. Okay, Chet, what do you think? I, I see what you're saying. And I, I was actually talking about this the other night with my, my girlfriend. And I do think it would have been a brilliant political move. Um, he tried to put his name on the checks that did go out and own that, which it wasn't his to own anyways. Um, but I, I don't know that, that it's all just like this kind of billiard ball logic. Like, I think the whole reason that, uh, Nazis appeal to people, to some people, Jesus, in the first place, uh, is because of that mindset of scarcity is because they are, they have a heightened sense of needing to other people who are not like them. Um, they, they have, uh, they're primed to accept those those bad ideas that otherwise they would they would not accept. Um, I I mean I couldn't tell you for sure. I can tell you that uh, the effects would matter on a scale of months. Um, but yeah, I I mean I, who could who could predict such a thing? I just I just think that there's a lot of nurture that went into it over the course of a long time, and I just don't see it making that much of a difference. In the long term, I agree. America would become a far more reasonable place. We would see a lot more trust in institutions, et cetera, right? But in the short term, I just don't see it. I really don't. Um, um, you, yeah. should, you should check out, I believe his name is uh, Sindhil Mullanathan. Um, he, he and another gentleman wrote the, uh, the, basically wrote the book on the scarcity psychology. And uh, one of the tests he did was on farmers that um, basically have nothing uh, for part of the year and then harvest comes in and they have everything for part of the year. And even just in a span of months, you know, the IQ can go up uh, 13 points. You know, things right, like but that. this is where I remind you that there are smart, rich people who also like Nazis, right? And so, like, some people are just bad people, and we <laughs> don't know how many of them there are. And I agree that, like, a lot of the people who are bad would probably be less bad if they hadn't been brought up by yeah, that's the thing. sexist, homophobic parents, right? But, like, they were, right? And so, like, I just, I, well, I, 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 I don't disagree with any of the data. I know the data. I sure. know you're right, right? Sure. Even in the medium and short term. But is that going to translate in them voting for Trump or not? That's all I care about right now. I want yeah, that I mean, that would, that would be difficult. I, I, I wouldn't know. Um, it would make a lot of those people less susceptible to his bad ideas. But um, I, I couldn't I agree, say- in the long term. In the long term, or even- No, I mean, in the short like, term. Yeah, I, I agree with Chad on the short term thing. I think um, it, would, it would make a difference. And again, I, it might have some knock-on effect of making Trump more likely to be reelected. Again, I have, totally yeah, not a I have not no zero clue. issue, but- I have no clue. No, but not what just the because it's better the... for the economy, but also because some of like people who were primed to believe that liar are gonna believe his lie when he says, This is me, I did this. Okay. I mean, that's kind of hard to argue with, right? Yeah, no, again, we're talking I mean, about the IQ isn't going to go up. Not it's matter. not suddenly going to be Chet's level. Well, it's right? not. It'll, it'll be, it'll be it'll, Do you imagine? Can we move? It'll be a little there, closer please? to average. Let's be Sweet honest. Jesus. There, their IQ would be a little closer to average. As Could you imagine? Hold well, on, a little thought experiment. Could we imagine oh, that fucking that guy at that MAGA rally like dropping like a bunch of authors I've never fucking heard of before <laughs> in his response to 
anything. <laughs> like that would be great. God, I love being not the smartest guy in the room. And Trump supporters make me feel like a fucking genius. Uh, two pieces of news. Sorry, uh, Chad, we'll, we'll let you finish yeah. your thought because we've been on for a couple hours. A, Bill Barr just announced that Donald Trump has in fact fired uh, the, uh, uh, the head of the SDNY, um, which he is legally allowed to do, which is going to now cause huge problems. Um, he wanted Bill Barr to do it, right? Obviously, you, can, you know exactly how that went. Barr, can you do it for me? Because I'm a fucking coward. Now he actually did it himself because they're covering something up. Um, and Sweden, where they went for her- herd immunity, because that's fucking smart, the number of people like, thank you, actually. Anyone that posts things about Sweden getting things right because they were going for herd immunity, you've identified yourself as among the dumbest people on the face of the fucking earth. Thank you for that. We never have to listen to anything you say again. They've been excluded from uh, a lifting of travel restrictions uh, because the rest of Northern Europe is now getting back to normal and Sweden is fucked. Okay, so Chet, why should commies vote for Biden? (laughs) (laughs) Way to bring it back. Ask yourself. Oh man, <laughs> are you the? Ask yourself, are you anti-fascist? Well, that's, I'm the CEO of Antifa, so I, I have to be. That's. I mean, if you are anti-fascist, and yet you stand to the side and let a fascist get reelected, how does that work? Right? Where's Where's the coherence? So. That's that's really what it comes down to. It it's that simple. You're you're absolutely right. Like that's that's it. What do you like, say to people who say that Biden is a fascist too? Because anybody right of Stalin is a fascist, apparently. So I've been called one. So I've yeah, no, I've. I've <laughs> I mean, <laughs> considering your propensity for letting poor people die, like yeah, it's not. That's not actually the meaning of fascism. All that's the, just all sudden, I know, but it's all just letting people gets die of their own irrelevance. <laughs> no, um, so so. So fascist has for a long time been a, a favorite pejorative of leftists. Um, it's, it's fun to call people fascist, right? Um, but there's different levels where uh, most of the time you're not literally ascribing uh, fascist ideology to a person. You're saying, uh, you know, your, your motives are bad or your ideas are bad or, you know, but, but it's the difference between uh, someone that you don't want and a literal fascist <laughs> or in my case i read his platform <laughs> and right and it's not that bad like for real there's things in there that we want and we should go after them so yeah yeah no i i hear you i mean the left calling everybody calling obama a fascist right is a perfect example of the right calling Obama a socialist. It's both, both are crying wolf. It's utterly stupid. Obama is a mainstream in, U- in US politics since center left, in global politics, center right, social Democrat, right? Normal politician who believes in a mixed economy, which is what every developed nation already has and has had since like the fdr you know so like this is just normal right okay so both sides crying wolf is not smart and when you cry wolf what happens right Right. a wolf came and now he's president yeah exactly yep i mean yeah yep yeah it's 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 very important to this isn't a pejorative this is like a technical description we have a fascist in the white house 
<laughs> and, and like, just to describe it really quickly, someone who is going to create a banana republic autocratic fiefdom out of the American Republican idea, or like, like the, the Democratic Republic idea that was supposed to be America, he's going to destroy that so that him and his family can maintain power, position, and money. And that's it, right? Like that, that's, that's how fascism works. You have a, a, a group of people that literally just start extracting everything out of the country. And if you say boo about it, they basically run you out of the streets with tear gas and horses and rubber bullets so that they, they can take their picture next to a church with a Bible. That's fucking and, fascism. And here and, we are. Right. Like it doesn't get any more clear than this. Right. And actually, I, I, in, our, in our episode with the uh, pragmatic progressives, um, who, um, you know, AJ and Cody, um, I kept trying to, to, to point this out. We kept, we kept, kept coming up, but like, I understand that, um, how do I put this? I understand that Trump's fascism is something that they think has been enabled by neoliberal policies because I guess the way Cody put it was like, Trump says he supports these ideas that are to the left of Biden about trade and foreign policy and so forth, right? But he doesn't really mean it. He just says it to get their votes. But what I, what I wanted to say in response to that, and, and, and which I'll say now, is yes, but the reason it works, the reason him saying that, whether he's going to do it or not works, is because enough of his voters believe in those left ideas. And that really is kind of like, to the extent that horseshoe theory is true, it's on display right there. Right? I'm not saying that it is totally true. It's an oversimplification like every political model, including the political axis and anything else. Right, But I was a member of the college Republicans you know, 10 years ago when I was an undergrad. Right, And back then, you never would have seen a representative of the college Republicans say these words. The GOP should outflank the Democrats on the left economically, and that we should have a combination between socially conservative and and economically progressive policy in the in, in the in the in the GOP because that's the only way to build a proper nationalist state, right? Okay, those words would not have been said, and those words came from a Zoomer, not a Boomer, a Zoomer in what is becoming the new National Socialist GOP. This is not this is this is not okay stuff. This is happening for real. Yeah. So. Chet's right. <laughs> yeah, I want to give Chet the final word, and I think we should wrap it up. I agree. Oh, man. Uh, you don't want things to collapse. Like, you don't... You don't... Look, I don't even understand uh, trying to utilize the suffering of others for political gain. Like, we want to increase well-being and provide ourselves like the best level of social health that we can given the situation so that we can take further steps and so that we can actually get somewhere and if if we don't get rid of orange man bad <laughs> uh, we're stuck yeah i think the the threat of collapse is absolutely really you're totally right and on that note uh, Moving forward, uh, is our please don't let civilization collapse, you motherfucking idiots, gumbo.
thank you very much for listening to the Moving Forward podcast. Rio and I are so excited that the Humanity First movement is moving forward. Something you can do to help is go to movingforwardpod.com where you can find us on social media, read our blog, and support us on the Patreon. Right, Rio? Right. talk that way for the rest of the episode <laughs> i mean that makes as much sense as anything these days i don't so know I'm yeah it's it. it's honestly not gonna be awkward at all <laughs> life is too strange already uh do, 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 do. so we're gonna i'm thinking about calling this episode commies for biden <laughs> the last one that we had on you on was commies for yanks i think that'd be funny <laughs> so That's basically fine. i want you to make the case for why somebody who is um as radically left as you are should still do the realistic thing and save America from fascism. Oh, Jesus. Well, I mean... No no pressure, but seriously. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, please, dear God, can persuade your fellow lefties to save America from Honestly, fascism, like, even, please. Like the, and I've seen... I, I've commented on, like, a couple of your posts. Right. Chet, and, like, like, I always kind of... I've been coming in hot to everything. <laughs> which, seriously, Man. is sort of, like kind of my default position these days but i really do i kind of do like my bazooka to the to the dick joke because that was pretty funny i thought it was funny thank you chet has chet you have the most patience of anybody i've ever met in my life i would not be able to talk to any of those people for more than a couple of minutes without shooting myself right like i i come in and like dude you're a fucking idiot like that's like that's all i have left uh, i've tried it a few times And I'm guessing that's less persuasive than Chet's approach. Well, this is the thing. Like, one of us is doing good work, and it is not me. (laughs) That's just, uh, honey badger says, what? There's a reason I'm not a gun owner anymore. (laughs) Damn. Okay. All right. (laughs) That's our outtake. (laughs)